Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Today, we're focusing on social media. We're focusing specifically on how to manage your social media. Just to remind all of you, Julie and I are huge advocates of passive lead generation, the marketing, the branding, the social media, provided you are putting it in order, uh, in the correct order in your business and in your mind. First comes proactive lead generation. And that is going to be a bulk of where you're going to have to learn a lot of skills. That's direct conversations with folks that actually want to primarily sell, but also buy real estate. And then you enhance that with passive lead generation. Social media is a great example. But again, social media is a real important part of a lot of your businesses, but it also can be an enormous black hole of time, money, and energy. And it really does, unfortunately, cause a lot of agents to put too much effort towards things that never really work. But what we're going to be focusing on today is how to manage your social media so that it actually does reinforce your proactive lead generation and puts you in a position to help folks and make money. Yes. So what are the pieces and parts that have to work together for a successful social media presence? What should a social media manager do if you have one? Most of you listening, you are them. Can you manage it all by yourself? Well, we're going to drill down on all of these answers, starting with point A, Communication is key. Now, this is what social media actually is. It's an additional way to communicate with your friends, center of influence, prospects, clients, and professional relationships. You should be efficient and professional at communicating effectively with all of these categories. If you hire someone else, you'll have to ensure that they can do this for you and do it in a way that's appropriate to who you are. I'm going to give you guys a filter. So when you're doing something on social media, are you doing the post, creating the video, doing whatever you're doing for the sake of making yourself look in a certain way? In other words, are you trying to seek fame or is the content you're producing actually designed to help the person that is consuming it? That is the filter that you have to put in place. Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, who Julie and I quote all the time, and I don't have this quote exactly right, but I think most of you will understand the importance of it, is don't try to make yourself famous. Uh, try to make your work famous. In other words, the product of your work uh, are the people that benefit from your efforts. That's what you should be focusing on, not trying to make yourself famous. And here's the real reason why. Because you all have a decision to make. And the decision is, do you want to be rich and free or do you want to be famous? You're assuming that you can be both. Let's assume just for the sake of the question, you can't. So you have to be choose, you have to choose between famous or rich. Which do you choose? And here's what you'll discover. The younger you are, the more you're going to say fame. We're all hardwired to want acceptance, especially as we're coming up in life. The older you get, you're going to wish you would have chose to be rich. Because what's going to happen is you're going to appreciate the fact that the being famous and being well-known, if it didn't result in you essentially being able to help people and make money, it was all just ego-based and didn't really serve a purpose. So I want you to really think about the things that I just shared with you because it'll really help clarify your thinking if you allow essentially what Julie and I are giving you some advice that comes from people that have been in this you know, real estate coaching industry for a couple decades. But also we are, we're old enough to have seen the ramifications of people that do focus too much on being famous 10 or 20 years later. 
And they almost always regret it if they're even in the business at all. They almost always regret it because they have no accumulated no money, have no financial security, which is ultimately what truly drives most people. Most people, if you cut through all the Mickey Mouse, they truly want they got into real estate. They're you know taking all the risks and dealing with all the hassles of being an independent contractor and all the rest of it. Why? Because you want to be free. The freedom that you want isn't from being your own boss running your own real estate business, by the way, because you have a million bosses. Hopefully, it's all your customers. Those are your bosses. So you are never boss free when you're in real estate. The freedom comes from the profit you make from having sold real estate, that money being reinvested. So your profit is the product of being a successful uh, problem solver for other people. With that profit, you then reinvest that, and that's how you actually become free. Hopefully that's not too convoluted for all of you. The gist of it is, is ask yourself when you're deciding to do something with social media. Am I doing this intentionally? Is there a direct uh, result from what I'm about to post, video or whatever, that's going to help somebody? Truly help somebody. Provide them with information that's going to essentially make their lives better. Or is it just to essentially make myself famous? Well, everything that you just talked about falls into that big category, our point number eight, communication. What are you actually trying to communicate? What should you be trying to communicate? So typical things that you have to be good at to be effective on social, what is important? You talked about a lot of things to avoid. What should they embrace? Well, identify current events which are interesting and impactful to your social followers. In your world, housing news, mortgage news, inventory trends, new construction, provide something of value consistently. And they probably should. I mean, Julie and I have pigeonholed ourselves, in a, you know, thankfully, in a niche of a niche of a niche. We have a podcast for real estate agents. You want to talk about a small niche. That's crazy. <laughs> There's, you know, 1.6 million agents. How many of those agents have a podcast, even listen to podcasts? But we're not confused about, what, you know, what our message should right. be. Right. So we have intentionally chosen to have a very, you know, tiny scope of, uh, you know, purview so we can really drill down and become the best of the best in that particular area, which is what we've done over the past forever. We encourage you to do the same thing. So when you're creating your social media, you want to be pigeonholed as the most successful agent, most helpful, most useful uh, agent in your particular marketplace. So be really careful when you're curating your message on Mm -hmm. social that you're not obscuring what your true mission is. Exactly. So identify what, you know, what's relevant to what you're trying to accomplish, but also understand all the different tools for you to accomplish that video, photos, testimonials, etc. So then you have to have an actual content strategy. Again, we're still in the world of communication point here. Sporadic updating on random topics is not a plan. Consistent, regular and cohesive posting is more effective. And to your earlier point, What are you trying to accomplish with your social media? Lead generation, community engagement, expanding your center of influence, engaging online to engage IRL in real life. You know, I think that's probably the most important thing is just finding each other on social so that you can have communication in real life. By the way, talking about IRL, we are doing 50 Harris real estate meetups um, this month and you are invited to attend. Chances are there's already an organized meetup in your particular community. After all, there's 50 of them. So please do consider joining one of our Harris Real Estate Meetups. Just go to harrisrealestatemeetup.com or the link to attend is below. If there's not an event in your community, propose one and even take the next natural step and become the leader of that organized event. And we will reinforce the success of your event. 
Um, we had a few of these that launched last month. The feedback was fantastic. We're going to continue doing it. Our goal is to do 250 meetups all over the country. We're now looking to expand. We're probably going to be doing some in Italy and France based on uh, in Australia and New Zealand based on people that are asking. So just go to harrisrealestatemeetup.com and RSVP for a meetup that's near you. All right. So point number B is how to get unfollowed. Well, you get unfollowed when you're screwing up what we're talking about, right? So according to Sprout Social Research, they said that 51% will unfollow you because of irrelevant content. But that goes back to my previous point. Yes. So you've got to pigeonhole yourself as a being you know, the world's best agent in your particular marketplace. As soon as you start talking about politics, you're going to piss somebody yep. off, for example. This is a great example. Uh, 35% said too many promotional posts. 34% said what you just said, too political, and 29%, I think this is the black hole for agents, said, ignored my posts, likes, or comments. It is okay to notice somebody's posts, likes, and comments and call them and respond back to them. You know, if you're doing a great job and you're getting posts and comments, that's awesome, but it's going to be less awesome if somebody feels ignored because they're paying attention to you, they're trying to engage with you, but you're not engaging back. Yeah. All right. All right. So that's an easy thing to fix too. I, and I do, you know, this is something we mentioned in coaching that you've got to monitor so many more things now, especially when you are doing it right. You know, you've got your different apps, you've got messenger, you've got WhatsApp, you've got your texting, all of those things. So make sure you're engaging with people. You mentioned social media manager. And the fact is, Julie, you and I have, I don't even know how many people that pay attention to us, hundreds of thousands of people. And we don't have really a social media manager. Mm -hmm. We have people that help us produce the podcast and make yep. the videos and the rest of it. But the social media management is pretty damn easy anymore. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'm going to share this with you too. Uh, Julie and I have experimented over the years with the types of posts that actually get the most response or at least essentially the most engagement and say, for example, uh, you know, uh, threads or, you know, X, mm -hmm. right. It's the short ones, the short little comments, the short little posts, great news, interest rates have fallen, blah, 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 that if you put this long diatribe about your philosophy of, you know, pig futures in Tibet <laughs> over the next 20 years based on the, you know, Aquarian, whatever, right? You're not going to get anyone that's going to pay attention, but some little snippet. And if it's even more drilled down, specifically geared towards your market, New Albany, Ohio, record home sales, you know, and then splatter out with a, you know, just a little five data points or something. That's mm -hmm. what people pay attention to. Be that agent. I'm thinking of Michael and Robin Gordon. Sure. They're some of the most successful agents in the history of real estate, probably. Mm -hmm. They're up selling up in the main line. One of our original, if not our original coaching clients. Um, and they built their business. One of the key elements of their business was mm -hmm. a newsletter because mm -hmm. <laughs> they started selling real yes. estate before the internet. Mm -hmm. All right. So they did a newsletter and they still do it to this day. And the newsletter is just as it sounds. It's a newsletter that gives some, I think they send it out once a month. I know they do. And it's a essentially a, an elaborate community CMA. But it's very specific to the main line. It's very specific, not just the main line, Julie, but the specific communities within yes. the main line. Mm -hmm. Days in the market, the, you know, all the things. And people love it and people save them. And Robin has carved herself out this little special, you know, space in all the sellers' minds of someone who's professional, who's providing useful information. She goes on listing appointments. The seller pulls out a box of all of the past newsletters, giving all the past information about the, uh, the market trends in her particular community. And you think that she's going to have a lot of competition getting that listing. She's earned the right through doing what she didn't want to do when she didn't want to do it at the highest level mm -hmm. for that seller to see her as a professional versus a lot of agents in the marketplace that are posting pictures of them playing tennis. Well, and you use the example of the uh, newsletter. We did the Harris Home Report, you yeah, know, doing a similar one. thing for New Albany. We knew that that worked. 
So we're talking about communicating, right? So for example, uh, John Solomon in the Panhandle of Florida, he does that version online. He writes for a digital newsletter for his particular community. So maybe you're not somebody that wants to do a print newsletter, but you can apply the same philosophy to everywhere that you are posting. And this it, the, kind of like the, the waterfall of how to maybe consider doing this, you don't have to do it this way. You can do it much simpler than what I'm about to say, but this is what I would do if Julie and I were selling real estate. We would start out by doing a short YouTube video and we would do one at least maybe once a week, maybe you know three times a week. And the video would be nothing other than a quick smattering of the market's activities. You know, adjust. What's hot and what's not. It, well, there you go. There's a great way of thinking of it. All right. And then put those videos out. And then the audio from those videos, I would then make into short podcasts. And then the videos, I would make us make into YouTube shorts, Instagram shorts. I'd put it on TikTok. I'd put it on all the other short-form video uh, platforms. That's what I would do. So it all feeds off of the main video that you are creating um, and then you can basically use that for a million different things. You can even use that inside like, you know, uh, uh, threads or, or X, you know. Now, if you don't want to do all that, which I frankly don't want you all doing that because it'll take too much of your time, you can do all of that easily. Go to Upwork. Go to, um, uh, I mean, there's so many of these um, virtual assistant uh, websites you can go to. Matter of fact, one of our show sponsors, uh, they'll probably mm -hmm. be able to help you out with that too. But you then create this essentially this assembly line, like what Julie and I do. We do this audio for the podcast. The audio then gets loaded up to Google Drive. The Google Drive then is you know downloaded by someone uh, who's worked with us for a long period of time um, named Anne, and she's in the Philippines. And then she creates all, and then she has two video editors she works with. She manages the whole process. Now, if you don't have an Anne and you don't want to hire video editors or you don't want to go through all this effort, you can, again, find individuals to do all this stuff and none of it's expensive. So don't worry about learning all the technology and the whole, the whole thing. There's absolutely uh, paths that you can follow to create this. But again, be very, very clear. Be unbelievably clear. If you are a powerful, proactively generator, you can actually choose to ignore this entire podcast. And I'm thinking of Chuck Williamson. Chuck, who listens occasionally, loves it when I talk about him, I think. Mm -hmm. I think. <laughs> sure okay. The only know. reason I know that he listens is because last time I said his age wrong, oh, they sent me a text. You. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how you know. He was reminding me that he was younger than what I said. Mm -hmm. So if I want Chuck to text me, I'll just tell him, I'll just say, you know, shout out a wrong age exactly. for him. In any event, so Chuck does not know how to do any social media. Mm -hmm. Chuck does, I had to show him how to use Facebook. Sure. Okay, so Chuck does do an amazing job at proactive lead generation and furiously fast lead follow up. And the guy earns over a million dollars per year. Mm -hmm. At EXP, is part of our EXP Without Realty Group. Without a giant team. No. He has like two assistants. Yeah. At EXP, he's one of the, I believe he's number three or number two for uh, agent production at EXP Realty. He's part of our EXP Realty Group. He doesn't do any of the passive lead generation like what we're talking about today. It's all proactive. So if you have to make a choice, how to spend your time, which you do, if you have to choose between being a passive lead generator and a proactive lead generator, and you actually care about helping people and making money, I strongly encourage you to lean all your best energies into being a proactive lead generator. Social media, passive lead generation is there to enhance the proactive lead generation. Be very clear in your heads about that. A lot of you should be breathing a deep sigh of relief because I've just cleared the air about what matters most in real estate. Exactly. But we have to get back to social media because we do know that most of you are doing something. So we're trying to clean up your act here on this podcast. So point number C, build, if you're going to pursue social media, build an actual, build your content calendar and stick to it. You can refer to it. We did an entire podcast called Monday to Friday Social Media System. This is just an overview of that. For example, to stick to your system, market update Mondays. 
Coming Soon Tuesdays, Wanted Wednesdays, Thrilled Client Thursdays, that'd be testimonials, upcoming events Fridays for your open houses, meetups, parties, charity events, etc. But consider, you can consider doing your own podcast or do a clubhouse, similar platforms regularly. The point is, have a schedule, have a pattern, and stick to it so that you have that quality content and then you can decide what you're going to do with it. It's funny you mentioned Clubhouse. Uh, Clubhouse faded. It was basically a fad. Mm-hmm. But what is picking up momentum is video mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and the re- so if you, again, let's just go and give you guys some practical advice. If you have to choose between starting your own podcast, listen to what I'm telling you, and starting your own YouTube channel, start your own YouTube channel. It's because it's easier to find people to view because that's how YouTube is created. iTunes is a son of a bitch getting downloads. It just is. It's designed to make it so that you have to earn your audience. There are no shortcuts. In YouTube, you can actually hire YouTube video promoters that will then run ads inside YouTube on similar channels. So if you're doing a, you know, you're a real estate professional and you're selling an XYZ subdivision, they and they're, you say you're on YouTube and you're competing against five other realtors that are also creating videos, you can hire a promoter. You can do it yourself too, by the way. They will then run ads for your videos on their channels or following their videos. You guys have seen that on YouTube. Like you, you know, you're watching one of our videos and the fourth video down that YouTube is recommending, that's what it's called, is somebody else. Well, they figured you like Tim and Julie, you might like this guy too, right? That's a thing about YouTube that you can't do on iTunes. With iTunes, they might occasionally give you a, you know, you might like this podcast versus that, but iTunes is pure. It's honest, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. It is truly 100% no BS. You, and a lot of people will essentially talk about how many likes and followers they have on all forms of social, and it's, it's bought traffic. It's not real. It's uh, essentially them going, you can do it on Instagram, you can do it on threads, you can do it on uh, all these different platforms. You can go and pay somebody to then go out and, you know, click farm your uh, videos and all this, right? You cannot do that on a podcast. Now, here's the thing. This is the good and the bad of it. On YouTube, on all these other socials, there is an element, especially with younger people, of social proof. So if you put a really kick-ass video on uh, YouTube, the best video ever, and it's got like three views, some people might decide not to view it just because it's got only three views. You guys get it? Whereas if you create a podcast, there's no like download tracker that's on the podcast. You like the topic, you like the host, you're going to listen to it. But there are younger generations of people that do essentially will sort out whether they want to consume your content or not based on the amount of traffic you have. If you're suffering that, you can then hire a promoter to go out and essentially, you can find them all on all the different um virtual assistant websites. We rattled off some earlier and hire somebody and they'll generally charge you not too much to essentially promote your video doing the things I just said. That might be something some of you want to consider doing to give your YouTube channel some momentum. We've done it in the past. You might want to do it as well. The thing is, is you got to be careful who you're hiring because what sometimes they'll do is they'll essentially create fake traffic. They have bots that do all this. Again, I'm getting into the weeds, but this goes back to the reason that if you have to choose between starting a podcast and starting a YouTube channel, it's much easier to get momentum on video than it is on a podcast. It just is. Very well put. There is a lot to this, isn't there? So point number D, actually engage with your followers consistently. And in order to do that, you have to learn about each media platform and how it operates. On Twitter and Instagram, for example, learn how to use hashtags so that you can get your content to reach further. 
Hashtags reach people who are not just following you specifically, but also could be following a trend or a mutual interest. Now, LinkedIn and Facebook have tons of industry-specific and neighborhood-specific groups, so find them and participate regularly to expand your reach. Things like neighborhoods, buildings, HOAs, you know, bigger neighborhoods. I think uh, nextdoor.com is also, I would put kind of in this category, but be specific because if those are the places where you want listings, for example, make sure that you have a presence in those obvious places. You know, it's worth mentioning too that, um, again, comparing the different platforms, you're going to want to think about who, what's the demographic of the people on, say, for example, um, you know, uh, TikTok versus, say, for example, that's listening to a podcast. And I'm going to tell you. They're not the same people. They're not the same people. The, it, so if you see your you know, 12-year-old that's watching videos on TikTok, she isn't buying a house, <laughs> right? She's got nothing to list. So the best quality leads on social do come from podcasts because podcasts do take some effort. You have to find your iTunes button. You have to figure out how to use it. It's not make like an you, effort. <laughs> you have to make an effort. You have to know how to download. It's kind of a little still secret club. People listen to podcasts. So you're listening to a podcast now, you compare in your mind how easy it is to watch something on YouTube mm-hmm. versus it is to- It's much more sense. curated. You it, went there on purpose versus some of the other ones like Instagram and YouTube where you might've wandered into something. And the other thing about video is generally speaking, even like if you create, I'll tell you for exa- personal experience. Julie and I have short form videos and we have long form videos. The long form videos and the short form videos attract a different kind of audience. Someone that's going to stick out, listen to 30 minutes is a more mature and, you know, essentially somebody who's actually looking for information. And I look at the amount of time that people watch the shorts and I've done some research on this. Most people will watch a short video in less than 15 seconds, most times less than 10 seconds. That's not a, that's not somebody that's actually giving much of a crap about what you're saying. They're not truly engaging with you. Oh, they watched my short video for eight seconds. They got nothing from that video. You're going to get nothing from that. You spent a lot of money and time on that and there's going to be nothing, you know, you guys get it? So when you're thinking about, oh, I'm going to spend a lot of money. I went to a course and the person's telling me how to make a bunch of videos. Okay, so on YouTube, what's the demographic of YouTube? Are those the types of people you want to be attracting? You can drill down on YouTube and you can even, you put a video up, you can see the exact age of the people that watch, the gender of the people that watch, the parts of the world, that you, the whole thing. You can really drill down. And if you're wondering why you're not getting any valuable leads or any real leads from your meet social media, it's because the people that you're attracting cannot purchase. They're aspirational one day, someday, hopefully buyers or sellers. They're not actually looking to transact. This is the real thing that, about social that nobody really tells you. People tell you to fire hose on social, do videos on all the channels, do all the things, right? But no one actually takes it to the next level and explains to you, well, when you're on TikTok and you're putting a great CMA video up about a particular community, okay, there are going to be some people that watch that might actually you know, be homeowners. But for the most part, look at the demographics on TikTok and ask yourself, are those your customers today. Now, maybe in 20 years they will be, but not today. (laughs) Probably don't have that long to wait. All right. Our final point today is E, improve your communication skills both in real life and on social. I had a note here that TED Talks is full of great talks on communication. I have a favorite called uh, 10 Ways to Have a Better Conversation by Celeste Headley. That's a great little quick uh, TED Talk. 
but consider joining Toastmasters. A lot of our coaching clients do this. Toastmasters is basically an old school way of in real life having to speak intelligently to a small group. And I have such great feedback from agents that are doing that because their presentations get better. Join multiple networking groups to hone your skills and expand your social media reach to those groups and support fellow members. But you do have to actively work on your actual communication. So in conclusion, communication is your number one skill online and off. Remember, it's impossible to over-communicate. Also, the way you communicate matters. How frequently and authentically you speak in person and online matters. But the hierarchy of communication is still the following, and we have to remind you of this. The hierarchy of communication, meaning what is the most effective? Number one, in person. Next, in over. In person also, is, I mean, you're putting, let me, let me, yeah, let me flip these. Okay. In person, followed by on the phone, mm -hmm. followed by some form of live uh, video like Zoom or Riverside or whatever. Uh, and then, I mean, you can do some of the passive stuff, which is going to be social media or texting. Yes. The most important skills that you have to master are the direct forms of actually communicating with people. This seems like, Tim, why are you telling me that? Duh, it's obviously true. You know, of course, it's going to be more effective if I talk to somebody face to face. How often are you doing that? Exactly. How, you guys get it? How frequently are you actually calling somebody and talk to them, you know, about maybe it leads in with information about the market or whatever, but then leads to a conversation about help, you know, who do you know who's thinking about buying or selling that I should be helping in this market? How frequently are you doing that? Is the answer never or rarely or all the time? If it's all the time, you're making money, aren't you? If it's rarely or sure. never, you're the ones that are being seduced into believing that you can TikTok video your way to success, which goes back to the podcast we did yesterday where we are observing with great levels of pain, frustration, and mm. sadness, the number of agents in the business who are, you know, there's still a record number of agents in the business, but there's actually, they're actually failing out of the business faster than they ever have before. That's based on our own research because Frankly, we see the rosters and we see the names changing and we're saying, well, obviously there's something going on there. It's because people get into the industry. They're being told to buy buyer leads. They're being told to brand social media. They're never being told the truth that if you want ever increasing levels of success in your business and personal life, listeners, longtime listeners, you know what I'm about to say. You have to do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Nobody else says that, uh, but any, but successful people, frankly. And if you watch stuff on YouTube or Instagram and you watch essentially some of the most successful people in life, have you ever noticed how they all have their own iteration of what I just said to you? Because they know it's true. They all of them, I promise you, when they were 20, wish it wasn't true because it sucks. I mean, who wants to do what they don't want to do and they don't want to do at the highest level? Nobody I mean, ever. I mean, ask Zoe. She heard <laughs> she hears Julie and I say that on the podcast. And she, and she, she to mostly mess with us, she'll say the exact opposite. Boy, I can't wait for her to be a teenager, by the way. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Exactly. <laughs> with, whatever. with whoever I want to do it. And yeah. we explained to her, Zoe, you can, but you have to earn it. Yes. Well, that's life, isn't it? It is. You know, well, I, I was just thinking things yeah. like, you know, you have to take it full circle, right? Like Facebook would not be able to operate, for example, if it wasn't for real life. Because who do you look for to make a Facebook friend? Somebody you knew growing up, somebody you went to school with. In real life, it's just another way of communicating. You can create leads passively. I'm not saying you can't, but what we're saying it's too inconsistent. You can't like wake I, none of you can wake none of you can wake up today and say today I'm going to generate ten new leads or today I'm going to generate a listing lead. Oh, you might be able to buy some buyer leads and pay you know Zillow forty three percent or whatever it is now, but you cannot consistently generate leads passively because 
you have to wait for the lead to find you. And it's becoming harder and harder and harder because you have actually chosen the most competitive, least effective way to generate business because every single other agent getting into the business and all the big platforms like Zillow, Realtor.com, and all these other companies that are you know essentially curating leads and selling them to agents, you're competing with all of those people. You're competing with everybody. How many people do you know that are proactively generators? How many expired listings were in your market uh, this week, let alone the last 60 days? How many for sale by owners did you drive past? How many notice defaults were there? How many other sources of ready to go, have to sell now, seller business is there? And you guys are essentially hoping that all your videos of you having lunch are going to somehow miraculously cause the clouds to part and leads to start pouring on you. Hopefully you're laughing at yourself if you've been doing this. Now give yourself permission to actually move towards being successful, being the best version of yourself as a real estate practitioner, do what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level. For a lot of you, it's going to be finally accepting the fact that you do need to join our coaching program. So take the next natural step and join Premier Coaching. We've made it unbelievably easy for you. Scroll down, click the link. You can join for free or just go to premiercoaching.com. In the meantime, guys, thank you for keeping us the number one daily listen to podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. Have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>